0: Hey everyone, Kaprogman here. Did you know that we have a Patreon page? That's right, if you go to patreon.com slash wafflingtailors, you can help support the show. It turns out that podcasts aren't free. I mean, they're free to download, but they're not really free to create, kind of, because you have to host them somewhere. Anyway, what we're after doing is we're after trying to make sure that we're fully funded. We're obviously doing this off of our own backs, and we are loving it, because it's loads of fun. But uh you can help out if you want from as little as $1 a month, and if you do that, you get loads of bonus content. If you go there now, you'll see that there's already a whole bunch of bonus content for the $1 tier already. We're planning on releasing a bunch of bonus episodes under the $5 tier, except that we've got one coming up that is going to be under the $1 tier, just to see how you guys feel and what you think about it. So head over to patreon.com slash and give us a look and uh, maybe help us out. See you later, Squidgy! See you later, Squidgy! So, um,
1: David-
0: no, no... What? What? Oh, no... What? What? Um...
1: Uh... Out with it. Don't make me tickle you.
0: It, it's... It's gone.
1: Who was? What's gone? It's gone. What is?
0: Episode 21. Computer what? just crashed and took it out.
1: Who did the what now?
0: Yeah, the computer crashed... And wiped episode 21 and episode 22, Shenmue Shimmy and Surprisable Uji. Wait,
1: you're telling me we lost the shimmy?
0: We lost the shimmy and we have nothing for this month. Ugh. What do you want to do?
1: Awkward. Sh- should we just wing it?
0: Wing it? Wing it. Emergency podcast?
1: Emergency podcast.
0: Quick, smash the glass and hit the button.
1: Right, now I can't see.
0: Perfect! to the Waffling Tailors Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Goprogman, and with me, as always, is Squidgy. Say hello, Squidgy. Hello, Treacle.
1: I'm probably mixing it up a
0: bit. That's fine, you can mix it up as much as you like, as long as you don't mention Chitara in Treacle again. Damn it, I've just mentioned it now.
1: Now yeah, we'll find, find out later we'll... Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> this is episode 23. Yeah, good um, God. Yeah, those of you who are count are going episode 23. God. The last one... Should have like this one should be episode twenty-one, right?
1: Yeah, there's a reason for that. We um
0: just to give you a little bit of background before as I interrupted Squidgy there, essentially we recorded what was possibly the greatest episode of any podcast ever with Adrian and Dylan of the Arcade Attack Dudes.
1: So we did a collab. Yes. Just no proof of
0: it, unfortunately. Um and what happened was I was on the train home and I started editing it together, and We use a certain program I'm not going to drop the name of because I don't want to cause them any issues uh, or ourselves any issues using the certain program. And essentially I hit save whilst editing a copy of the files and it kind of wiped the entire directory and all of the parent directories. So I lost a whole bunch of stuff, not just what would have been episodes 21 and 22, the Shenmue shimmy (laughs) and Surprise Waluigi.
1: Yes, Waluigi.
0: Sorry, Waluigi. There we go. So I lost essentially a whole bunch of stuff off of my computer when the editing program crashed. So unfortunately, we have had to cast the episodes 21 and 22 out to the the binary heavens. That great recycling
1: bin in the sky.
0: That's it. The great recycling bin in the sky. So they've gone there. Yeah, so Um,
1: unfortunately it happened. We, We officially have a lost episode.
0: Yes. There's like one snippet
1: left that we saved. It was originally a trailer, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I will tack it on to the end of this episode. So like, listen past the outro music, past the credits, all the way to the very end for a stinger, and you will hear the sole remaining clip mm. of this episode, the Shenmue shimmy.
1: See, that is a shame, because mm-hmm. we did mention a lot of things. And yes. after, I think it was about half an hour, there was only Dylan left, wasn't there?
0: It was about an hour in. Adrian had to go, unfortunately. But that left us with Dylan, who's one of the two people in the Arcade Attack podcast who is crazy. Like, I have to put that silly voice on. Crazy, almost like I'm singing it, about Resident Evil 2. Like, it is clearly one of his favourite games in the entire series. And that's fine. That's not a problem, because he's right. It is the best game in the entire series. And we discussed Resident Evil 2 Resident Evil Gaiden, and a few other things that we're not going to bring up again on this this episode of the podcast. But there are grumblings of perhaps doing another collab with them, but on their yeah, show. That would be fun. Yeah. So maybe we can bring up some of those things again, like the surprise Waluigi, and a few things like the Sock of Time. and stuff The Sock like of
1: Time, yeah. Surprise yeah. Waluigi. And it also means that my um, super secret announcement that I made... Still super secret.
0: Exactly. Only one person knows about it. Essentially, yes. Other than us two, there's no
1: proof. So if if Dylan if he ever says anything, I'm just going to deny it flatly.
0: Oh, what? Well, what you should do is you should get into your forklift, drive it at three miles an hour down the motorway to his house, and then deny it to him in person.
1: Yeah, and then just come
0: home. Yeah, that's it, right? Totally worth it, right? So anyway, we've kind of waffled on a little bit. Essentially, this episode is just me and Squidgy. So going back to. How we did it, not in the original original episode, but like we've, episode we've, one. Yeah. We've, yeah.
1: We've done like two episodes where it's just us two.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it can be quite good. But Fair yes. I guess. So what we're planning is this one's gonna be usually we release two or three episodes in a month because we split it in two. What we're thinking is this one's really only gonna be one, only because it would get a bit boring listening to the two of us talk for three hours, yeah. whereas if there's at least one other person, there's ideas that we can bounce off and talk about stuff, yeah. and there's that third perspective sort of thing. Mm. But what we're going to do is do it like we do normally. So first off, Squidgy, what have you been playing since before episode 21?
1: Oh, God. Recently, I replaced my defunct NACA PS4, oh, yes, which I had since launch, which it turned out was a RAM problem. It just wouldn't... It get to mm-hmm. a point, I, I tried to load... Fallout 4, I bought the game of the year edition, why not? And I was playing it, and 10 minutes into it, it just decided, I don't like that disc, and ejected it mid-game. Oh, no. No, put it back in. Bleh. Put it back in. Blah. Well, you know what the hell with you. So I had to replace that, and I got myself a PS4 Pro. Ooh. Just to future-proof myself, and if I decide to get a TV the size of the wall, it'll look good.
0: Also, so that you could have something that looks and feels about the weight of the average skyscraper.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, what, what I wasn't prepared for is the fact that the PS4 Pro is the average size and width of a landmine.
0: And it also looks more like a toaster yeah. than the previous iteration of the PS4, which I was surprised that they could do that without actually making it a toaster.
1: No, that's not an extra.
0: No? There's a port on the back
1: where you can put like a toaster
0: thing. Right, okay, so I've just got to it's, go it's, down. Not,
1: it's not an actual toaster, it's just a heater that you can put toast on. Put bread near.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put toast
1: on it if you want afterwards, but you put <laughs> yeah. bread near it, you know.
0: I know. I'm going to go downstairs and put toast into the toaster, see what happens.
1: You've been playing Mar- well, that Mario game on the uh, CDI too much. You know what they say, all toasters toast toast. Don't you remember that? No. That was one of the lines, it was so bad. that The Mario game, there was a Zelda game on there, which was terrible.
0: I know of the Zelda, and, yeah.
1: And the Mario, I think it was a line akin to, remember, you can't make toast without using toast. So it means that now that I've got my PS, PS4 Pro, yes. and I'll look back in, um, and with having Ascended in the past couple of months, I can download all the stuff that I need very fast.
0: So but- by Ascended, right? you're obviously talking about the great internet upgrade that you've had yes, from less than bog-standard broadband, which yes. is all that you can get in Cakeland, unless you're willing to drop some serious dollar, all the way up to light speed. Well, not light speed, but yeah, it was fiber optic. Yes, you've upgraded to fiber optic, hyper duper, super duper Street Fighter Two Pro Plus version of the internet. Oh, I wouldn't say that.
1: No, oh, it's fast, but it's not holy crap fast. Alright, oh, okay, fair enough. Mind you, saying that, I did download a 24 gig game in a space of nine minutes.
0: Well, I mean that's a lot faster than my internet.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that would have taken me all night normally. But I, I, I downloaded uh, Dark Chronicle again, and within about a week, I got up to precisely where I was before. Wow. Because I know what I'm doing. I missed, like, two things, which which, if you want to get 100%, you need to get at the time. A couple of photos of bosses as they're attacking you, I just can't be bothered with it. Really, And I got up to where I was before. I'm doing that as I go along, so i want to get all, like, the special weapons and stuff. Yeah, yes. And it involves a lot of building, which I'm not a fan of. I have to sit down and build everything in one go, and then I can continue with the dungeons. And after that, I downloaded Revelations 2, because oh. I got, like, the Game of the Year edition what? of that, because I started that yet. Yeah. And... I just, I don't know why, but while I was downloading Revelations 2, I got a line from Borderlands pre sequel in my head. Mm-hmm. I just remembered me and G, when we were playing it on Steam back in the day, it was like, a, they're called Echo Devices, little sound devices, and one of the bosses is called Red and Little Red or something, and it's two, basically, one massive guy in a welding mask mm-hmm. and a little guy next to him, and the little guy's called Red and the big guy's called Belly. Right? And occasionally they'd say something, but because the game was made in Australia, they've got Australian accents because he was a lot of local talent. And it was just a case of Red and Belly sitting in the tree. K I S S. That sounds completely wrong. Then completely after that, it's, what are you doing, Belly? It's nothing. Singing. I heard that in my head and I thought, I've got to get it on the PS4 now.
0: I mean, if there's ever. I've already
1: got it on the Xbox, but I've got to get it and I've got to get that sound clip as a text now. If
0: there is ever a reason to buy a video game, Simply having the entire voice cast provided by Australians, that is one very good reason to buy that video game.
1: Want to zoom on the moon? Get a moon zoomy! Oh, my personal favourite, there's a weapon in the game. I'm not going to go into it because I don't think you can beat quick enough. But there's a there's a shotgun, particular shotgun in the game. I was, we were playing earlier on the morning, yes. So, yes. And I had this guy in stitches because it's basically it's a shotgun that talks to you. Yeah, And when you shoot, when you reload, when you equip it, and when you unequip it, it hells abuse at you and the enemy. Yes. And yes. I've never seen him laugh so much in my
0: life. It was hilarious. Unfortunately, because it's a lot of profanity. What was that clean one? Like, oopie-doo or something? Uh, hooroo! Hooroo, exactly. That's yeah, probably and, offensive and, and, and to then, somebody, I don't and know. And then
1: the the only other clean one was, as, as you unequip the weapon, you hear the weapon go, lay the dolls."
0: Yeah, exactly. That's it.
1: The rest of them are just like profanity.
0: Like yeah, they completely. are. They're, they're, and, just... and it is stereotypically Australian as well. So it's like expletive, the expletive, expletive, out of your expletive, expletive. Yeah. It's fab. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the name of the gun? I can't remember. Okay, I will uh, But basically, will put you, it in the show notes.
1: If if you play the game and you do missions with a guy called Pickle, yes, which is the American's version of a stereotypical Brit, so if you imagine, like, one of the characters out of Oliver Twist, mm-hmm. very London-esque, chimney sweep type thing. That's Apples that's, and pears. Yeah, precisely. Apples right. and pears, stairs. You There's a there's a mission where you go to him and you rescue his sister.
0: Right.
1: You go from place to place and you find out that she's been nicking from people. Yes. And then she gets surrounded and you protect her as she flies off. And then you get a shotgun and she gives you the shotgun. Mm-hmm. And you notice a, a unique one. In the description you have a red text and that's mm-hmm. all unique shotguns, all unique weapons. I never realised I had it. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I need a shotgun, clicked it, put it in my inventory, started shooting. I nearly died howling with laughter. I have to pause it, hang on, wait a minute. So just when I need a pick-me-up, I turn it on, and then I just shoot at a wall.
0: I'll point out that the lines of dialogue provided by the gun are also bleeped in the game, yeah. which obviously makes it funnier. That's why any one of us drops a swear, I'll leave it in, and they just bleep over it, because <laughs> it sort of stands out almost like an exclamation point in the middle of a joke. Yeah. So to be bleep you, the bleep bleep and the bleep bleep, they've done it like that because it's even more funny.
1: It, it just puts me off as well, which is even right. better because it makes the game harder because I'm laughing too
0: much. Yeah.
1: So I've been playing that. Um, so that's
0: Borderlands 2?
1: That's Borderlands pre-sequel. The pre- I, so I essentially
0: the, Borderlands One and a half.
1: Yeah, because I, I bought the Handsome Jack collection, which is pre-sequel and 2 in one game.
0: So, if we were going down the Kingdom Hearts uh, route, it would it be Borderlands?
1: Be... Borderlands pre-sequel, Borderlands Two—that's the story. That's how the story goes. So,
0: Borderlands pre-sequel would be Borderlands Two. One and a half.
1: Yeah, one point five.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Which Hi- means hyper that... remix holy no, that's that's exactly. a Street Fighter edition. Which
0: means that they have at least room for another twelve games between the pre-sequel and the sequel, because that's how Kingdom Hearts works.
1: Yeah. Well, there's 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 a there's a third one in development.
0: Yeah, just, lands, so. just... Oh, right, I thought you were going to say Kingdom Hearts. I just want no, to point out... No,
1: there is Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I know,
0: right? Yeah. But what I want to point out, right, is that Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. There are people who will be alive and old enough to play it that will be the target audience who weren't alive when the other two came out. That's how long it's been, and that's how many weird... Wasn't there one other Game Boy we, Advance Re- that Re- It was like a 24, it was like a, it was marketed as a 24 hour period. Kingdom Hearts 24 hours or something. No, that's um,
1: 365, I think it was named after a year. That was on the DS. The one on the GBA was called Rechain of Memories. And that was basically you play through the events of the first Kingdom Hearts game, but every character that you've met in the game has forgotten about you. So you have to meet up with them and you essentially have to forget to remember. It's really weird. The intro to the second if you ever, if you ever watched the intro to the second Kingdom Hearts game, when Sora's running up the staircase because he's, he's really running up a staircase and he meets a small blonde haired lass mm-hmm. in a room and she's drawing a lot of pictures. That's his adventure through the first game. But he has to forget before he can remember. That's why it's called rechain the memories, you rechain the memories into your consciousness. Or some something like that. It's really weird. But you attack and your special attacks in that come from cards that you have to set up, so your your magic and your summons, but it's really quite good, surprisingly, because okay. the, the battle goes from, like, isometric 3D to side-scrolling, battling, you're jumping and going... So it's kind of like it goes from Diablo into Streets of Rage. No, oh, okay. Kingdom Hearts is weird, the timeline's even weirder. You have to play them in the order they came out, even though the timeline, you play it in a different order, you'll get it, but it's the order it came out. And then,
0: Yeah, yeah, so, like, if you, if you play I, them... I get it, headaches thinking about it. If you play them in the order that they are numbered, mm. you're playing out of sequence. Mm. So you have to play them in release order across all the formats to get the full story.
1: Yeah, but that gives you the story in... It's, it's kind of like um, the Quentin Tarantino style of storytelling. It'll mm-hmm. give you the first story, and then it's a massive reminder of what happened in the first story. And then the second story will happen, and then it's the bit before the second story, and then the one after that sets up. The second story, which is actually take place in the first story. And then it's yeah, just, it's, oh, yeah, you yeah. either need a crystal ball or a road map to figure it all out. I tried the classic thing of, you know, where you're trying to figure it out and busy most of the time. So I think I'm, I'm not going to sit there and read. I'll, I'll go on YouTube and I'll go just, I'll just go explain this yeah, yeah, or try and explain this. And I've watched everything from a 15 minute video to a two and a half minute video. And I'm still confused. And I've seen tons of them and I still can't make heads or tails of it. It's square in Disney going how weird can we make this let's just add more stuff let's let's just twist it
0: everything's
1: starting to twist
0: but you've also been playing that um dangerous squadron or whatever it was called. what's it called oh strange brigade strange brigade dangerous squadron strange brigade you can see where i was going right they're semantically similar words anyway strange brigade
1: Oh, sorry, it's right. That's, that's so it's, the wrong it's, accent, yeah. it's, it's more of the... Uh, the oh, Strange Brigade. The, the Strange Brigade. How will our helpful heroes get through it this time? The, the whole premise of the game is you play as a squad set during one of the World Wars, i uh, assuming the first. Yeah,
0: from the design, it's World War One.
1: And by the very nature of it, you're a Strange Brigade, so it's a motley crew of different people. And the whole game's been narrated mm-hmm. like it would be in a 1940s horror film, like classic horror. As you do stuff in the game, you can first of all, you can turn down the commentary so you can you can have it less frequent. I mean, I was playing that I started to play it and I paused the game and go, "Oh, how lovely Tea break, two sugars in mine Hey it's,
0: it's taking that idea of the Stanley parable and turning it up to eleven. What I really liked about the Stanley parable was literally the game was telling you what to do
1: although right. you could go against
0: it yeah, yeah, so like one of the so there's there's five or six different actual stories in the Stanley parable. And there's different ways to achieve them. And, like, so the first bit of the game is, you know, Stanley got up from his chair, and nothing happens in the game until you tell the character to get up or to walk up the room. After you get out of his office, you can do what you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it goes, and Stanley thought he'd better walk left down the corridor. And if you walk right, then the narrator the, the gonna...
1: goes, No, I said left. Yeah. And he goes, Okay, fair enough, go your own way. So Stanley decided to walk right.
0: Yes, exactly, right? Yeah. But, like, it's taking that idea and applying it to <laughs> essentially Uncharted, right? Because, let's be honest, the Strange Brigade is, like, uncharted, but... Imagine Gears of War set in Egypt
1: with colour. Less fantasy and yeah. no swearing because you're fighting the undead, basically.
0: So, just to fill in the gaps for that joke there about with colour, we obviously are alluding to Gears of War being a grey-brown shooter, or a brown-grey shooter set during grey-brown shooter era, with grey-brown being the most used colour throughout the game, even for the blood.
1: Well, actually, no. The Gears of War wasn't that bad. You're, you're talking more like um, Call of Duty.
0: It was Co- still Call of pretty Dewey bad.
1: Modern, modern warfare onwards. Gears of War was a lot of blacks, black colour. There we go for the armour, and sort of like neon blue, and then there was a little bit of foliage. But the grey brown shirt was more for like Call of Duty and Battlefield.
0: Yeah, well, even so, we're still yeah. pretty brown and grey, you know. There's... But yeah,
1: it's just there's there's a lot of humour in it, and even the tutorials. Oh, how will they get out of this one? Then if if you can't figure it out. He sort of gives you hints, mm-hmm. and then if because there's puzzles in it. And then if you really can't figure it out, he just outright tells you, I wonder how they're going to get through this. Maybe bending the light will help. Leave it. I said, maybe bending the light will help. Leave it. Good Lord, over there! And it just focuses in. <laughs> oh, thank you. But you've got to leave it for like 40 minutes before it gets really annoyed. <laughs>
0: cool, I like it.
1: But yeah, I didn't have a chance to go on that much, but it's, it's a lot of fun when I do
0: go on it. I'll be honest, it's one of the... I keep saying Uncharted, but it is very much Uncharted. Like, the control scheme feels very Uncharted. The camera angle system seems quite Uncharted. The whole thing is very much Uncharted. Mm. And I like Uncharted. I like the story, I like the gameplay, I like the whole thing. You know, I want to get it and want to play it, because I've seen you play it, <laughs> and it does look like loads of fun. Yeah. So it's definitely it's one of the ones that is It's not helping, because it's released on both PS4 and Xbox. Essentially, I want to buy one of those two, but I can't let's, decide. Let's, it's let's, difficult.
1: Let's not, let's not go down that route. No, of that, course, right? Exactly. Yeah, we,
0: we're not, we're yeah. not going to... And I mean, if you want to leave a comment, <laughs> let us know which <laughs> one if you want. If you
1: want to start a flame war, please don't. No,
0: nah, exactly. Right? There's no <laughs> point in starting flame war now. Not these days, anyway.
1: When I'm playing it, I'm actually playing it on Steam, so I don't even have that on
0: the console. Exactly. But it's essentially out for everything. So I have to sort of bite the bullet and figure out which one of the formats i'm going to buy to buy it that's that's,
1: that's that's a discussion for another time
0: yeah exactly but that's fine that's that's not a discussion for october's episode we were originally just, so it was
1: going to be a, like a spooky episode yeah
0: right? yeah I, w- I will interrupt squidgy i'll let him get back to his list of games that he's been playing in a minute but originally this was going to be a spooktober episode so we may do that a little bit later in the year maybe we can do that for the end of year because we'll have done two christmas episodes by then it's mad, isn't it? By the time this episode drops, we'll have been doing this for a whole blooming year. Mad. Just, yeah, people like to listen to what we're talking about. Anyway, introspective just aside. why? Yeah, introspection <laughs> aside, right? What else have you been playing, Squidgy? That's,
1: that's pretty much it, just flipping between them two.
0: Have you have been um, playing Samurai Warriors?
1: I only installed that, reinstalled it the other day, Samurai Warriors 4 2, because 4 was alright, but mm-hmm. the... You could create a character and the story mode, on that took way too long mm-hmm. I had to do the story mode bit on it. Four two, you can create a character, and they just added like a, a survival. You know, like in the original ones where you go up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, so, is... was, so obviously that's not very good for radio. But essentially, mm. there's a survival, and I'm using buddy quotes here mode for Samurai Warriors Four, where essentially you go into a castle. So imagine a traditional Japanese style building. A uh, you know that that yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of castle. Yeah. yeah, that kind of castle uh, layer with multiple floors and a big pointy um, I'm essentially describing any building ever. So you go in at the ground floor and you have to fight your way up to the top of the building. Which is a hundred floors. Yeah, there's a hundred floors, therefore a hundred levels, which is a survival game. You can't save your progress, so you have to do it all in one go. Well actually no,
1: in the original you couldn't save your progress. Right. In the original Samurai Warriors, and if you got to level fifty, you could fight a character from Dynasty Warriors. Oh, that's that cool. In. But it was only if you're playing as um and Sander, you could you could play as...
0: Why would you play as anyone else? I
1: know, but only if you're playing as and Sander. Once you got to level 50, you played as the face of Dynasty Warriors, the mm. guy in the blue armour oh, with the sword. right, yeah, yeah. For the life of me, I can't remember his name, yeah. but you could fight him. In this one, you you can get so far, and then you can start from a higher level, but it'll cost you money right, like yeah, in-game yeah, currency, yeah, yeah. which is gold. Yeah. Um, And every time you go up a level, you get a different bonus. So yeah. you can actually go through the main story, get high level, and then jump into there to get um, more stuff to level up your characters because you get tomes and books, yeah, yeah, which you spend towards skills, which characters have got tons of skills. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of replay value in it. I'm just basically trying to get back into that because within two weeks, Warriors RG4 is dropping.
0: Yeah, by the time this episode comes out, Warriors RG4 will be dropping in the UK. Now, for those who don't know, Squidgy and I are... Huge fans of the Warriors games, so we're mm-hmm. talking Samurai Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, Warriors Orochi. What was the Athens one? Warriors of Troy, Warriors of Troy, and Aslan
1: Warriors, As yeah, uh, the, Attack on Titan, Berserk. There was a Fist John, of the, the North Star one, first,
0: the, the Joan of Arc one,
1: jo- um, Bladestone Yep, the Gundam jo- one, Dynasty Gundam. They should exactly. bring that to PS4. So they haven't yet.
0: You know, there's there's like ten or eleven different series oh, within yeah. this series, and essentially. The basic version of it, you strip out the story, because if you can, right, put the story out of your mind. Essentially, the game is, each level is, you are in a massive battlefield with an infinite supply of enemies, and you just got to basically chop them down. It's a so, button-bashy, runny, yeah. jumpy. It's fantastic.
1: Especially the the, the latest, like, Samurai Warriors For It's very, very fast-paced. Mm-hmm. The missions, uh, a lot of the missions, you've got to traverse the map within less than a minute mm-hmm. and do whatever. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, the reason why I like the games is that when the first one came out, you commented that, the two characters the front cover of the box were spitting images of friends you had. Yes. I'm not going to mention them, but, you know. No, yeah, um, yeah. They were spitting images of your friends, so that's why you bought it. Essentially,
0: then, if you want to know who and all that kind of stuff, go read our blog post about Samurai Warriors.
1: Yeah. Gary yeah. good. You sorry. Quick plug there. But we we got that, and the, the game was kind of slow. It was on, like, Xbox yeah. and PS2. Back OG then. So, Xbox, yeah. Yeah, OG Xbox and PS2, and then the, the games got bigger and quicker and more in-depth. And, um... Yeah, we started for that, and I essentially like the games because you can, once you play the story mode, you can free play a lot of the missions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ending missions, apart from a few of them, which are massively story-based, and again, this is probably going to get beeped, but I might as well say it. The whole point, especially of Ority Warriors, is I love them because every single mission is essentially a clusterf**k. Yep. You go in, it's you against everyone. It really is. A- and it's every direction, you get in, you get an attack from every direction, bring it on. It's less of a case of I'm heavily overpowered. Let's do this. It's a case of I'm going to attack from every angle. How am I going to do this? Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the game trains you on how to anticipate from attacks from all areas. And by that point, with every game, you start off and you learn, and you get a certain amount of skill. And you've got to like use all the skills you've learned to defend yourself, and then you do that, and you think, oh, I managed to get
0: through it. That was only on easy.
1: Oh, God, no.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's one of those games where you get towards what you think is the end, and then it kind of goes, yeah. Well, well you that was on, fun. Yeah, you play it on easy. Start get on normal, and then I'll give you the next level.
1: It's kind of like you play the game, you finish it on easy, and then suddenly a drill sergeant goes, play it on normal, maggot! You know, exactly, right? Yeah, you know, that it's, kind of thing.
0: One of the games that we played originally for that was the... A Streets of Rage game If you're on easy You don't get to the end of the game No you be Mr Big
1: You beat Mr Big and it ten- No 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 I can't remember in the first one Because I was playing like normal or hard Yes And same with the second one yes. On Streets of Rage 3 You have to complete it on hard Because then you get to Where you think the end is And you mm-hmm. beat Shiva And then you rescue the police chief You've got yeah. to rescue him to continue And then you go towards the White House Yep yeah. Then you have to beat up the president Who turns out to be a robot Yep yeah. And if you beat him up You've got to then go to Secret Warehouse, I think. You've
0: got to find all the bombs.
1: And then you've you've got to find all the bombs, and then it's a boss rush. Mm -hmm. And then after the boss rush, you fight Mr. X. And you can get to that point at normal. And if you don't play it on hard, you beat Mr. X, which turns out to be a robot, and then the game zooms out. And there's Mr. X watching you with a glass of wine, and he shatters it in his hand. so you don't actually finish it. You've got to play it on hard.
0: You've then got to play the whole game again on hard.
1: I managed to get to the actual fight yes. with Mr. X Yes. by myself on hard, playing with skate. I want to say it's either skate or blitz, because mm-hmm. I need to be quick. And I got like half of his health down. And then when you get half his health down, classic Mr. X thing, he whips out a tommy gun and he shot me from halfway across the screen. Yep. It's one of those cases where 14-year-old me couldn't figure out enough ways to say a bugger. Yeah. But I wasn't as experienced as I am now, so I had like three.
0: Yeah, exactly. Instead of Whereas,
1: the plethora of 75 plus. Exactly. Right now. now
0: you have 75 plus Oh Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I can rant for a good hour oh, yes. if, if I lose on that.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's because you've been learning by shooting that gun in Borderlands.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, and I've, I've been taking lessons from the B as well because he, he knows quite a lot of insults involved in Jebels, which. Um, yeah. Yeah. Best so, time we played Super Meat Boy, I was, I was playing on oh chat goodness, with him. Oh my goodness, that is and Such an
0: annoying game. It's
1: an annoying game, but it's one of those where you learn the stage, but every time that you die, there's like blood of where So you know yeah, where you've, you've Yeah, had trouble. exactly. Right. And I'd be having a normal conversation with him, and he just hail into this torrent of abuse. Yes. What well, What have I done? No, 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 it's this game. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, he was just bringing gerbils into it. Yeah, 45 yeah. minutes, every 10 seconds, he was hailing abuse that involved gerbils. <laughs> Yeah, so it would be wash your mouth out with soap. Yes. and leave those gerbils alone.
0: Yes. So you've been playing those games. Mm. Been playing any others? No. Okay. So for me, I've been more reading than playing games this month, but it has been video game related. I, so... I,
1: I, I'm not judging.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you want to sit and read? That's fine. You weirdo. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be like
1: that. See yeah. If yeah. I
0: care. Between bits of downtime, I've been playing Zero AD because I really like that. I've brought this up now across three different episodes, and only one of those episodes previously has actually gone out. So, yeah, if you're listening, Dylan or Adrian, I think more Adrian, 0AD, check the show notes for a link, because I want to drive them to the website as well. Ha! So it's like
1: a sort of like a free skirmish mode of Age of Empires.
0: Yeah, so essentially it's a completely free open source rebuild of Age of Empires-like games. Mm. So it's Age of Empires, Age of Empires 2, Empire Earth pharaoh uh, caesar those kinds of good cleopatra age of mythology yeah, age of, yeah. well yeah, yes to kind an extent of, yeah yeah, yeah. so you know it's this you start off with four villagers and a village and you have to build up to an empire you know that whole micromanaging that goes with send these people to go now uh, that was micromanaging know, not microtransaction send these villagers to go mine that gold send that person over there to go kill the animal that kind of thing all the way up to and including I have built a wonder and now I've won because I've created the Colosseum or whatever. Mm. Or a pyramid or a statue of a girl. Essentially, it's still in development. It's in the alpha stages, so it's still really early days. But it's been in the, the initial, I think the first release came out last year. Yeah. And it is completely free. It's fully 3D, which is not something the Age of Empires was. You can zoom all the way in and rotate around and stuff. It's really cool. It's got these particle effects for clouds passing over the field of view. You get clouds passing over, which you don't get in any other RTS. And when that happens, my- You get like fog of war, but that's not where really the cloud is. No, it? exactly, right? Yeah. Because yeah, if you zoom all the way out and put your camera out there at the, the, the back of, as far as it can go, you get clouds and weather happening in front of you. Now the problem with that is that my 11 um, year old graphics card it oh, yeah. <laughs> goes into hyper mode just to animate this. So, so I've got to zoom in past it. Right? So your,
1: your PC tries to go Super Saiyan and fails miserably. Yeah,
0: but what I'll point out <laughs> is this is a modern game using modern development techniques that doesn't require a supercomputer is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. All right, it's not doing much because it's an RTS, but then a couple of the newer RTSs require the entire cloud infrastructure made of quantum-powered machines that are supercomputers, that are superconductors, just to render a frame. I can understand that. I mean, you don't really
1: need to have that much. It sets the, the settings itself, but you can turn them all down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have got smartphones, and they're essentially mini-supercomputers. It's a supercomputer in and your pocket. this is sort of how powerful they are. You can get Civilization six on iPhone, although I've only got one problem with that. Civilization six on iPhone on the Apple Store, and I, can, I only know this from the American store, It'll cost you
0: $60. Yeah, that's mad. For a for a, a mobile phone video game. $60. $60. That's a bit
1: mad. That equates to like, what? Let me try. That's like just over 50 quid, isn't it? Yeah. 50 pounds. Yeah, yeah 50 just pounds. Just over 50 pounds. GB, 50 pounds yeah. English. Style, which, yeah. which is sort of like, that can be standard price for PC games. Yeah. In Britain. And you're talking about a mobile phone game, which I guarantee that after about 20 minutes, your phone will run out of power. Yeah. Because it's that like full on, yeah. You know, I don't like playing games on mobile. Where's control, if you ask me. Uh,
0: That's fair enough. But yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Zero AD. What I really like about it is because it's still in development. There aren't any campaigns, but there's lots of skirmish modes. So essentially, the game allows you to do, you know, like in Age of Empires, you could go. I will play a single player game. I don't want to play the story. Just give me an. M-,
1: uh, or, or in your case, biggest map. You're allowed to evolve, and they're not. So you exactly. build up this massive map and just invade. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's
0: what I do. Yeah. You know, I don't mind spending an hour doing that because it's like I can switch off and you know, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just chilling out mm-hmm. and I'm playing by the rules of the game. It's fantastic. So the skirmish mode, but they have like 12 or 13 different races to choose from. Oh, cool. I feel like maybe races is the wrong word there, but you know, different groups of people to choose from. Romans, Byzantians, Athenians. Classes? Yeah, different civilizations. Yeah. Civilizations. Romans, yeah. Byzantians... I'm probably mispronouncing all of these anyway Athenians Spartans Gauls the Brits um you know all and by Brit I mean Britons you know the Celts that kind of yeah, yeah. all oh. of those different civilizations and well, a few African ones as well, which is I, really cool, yeah, I, so they've taken like this idea of there are a number of add-ons you can get for age of Empires two They brought out more now yeah, yeah, mean, yeah when did yeah. They, when was the game released and they brought out a few more exactly recently right? exactly yeah. it's it's fat. But yeah, so they've brought in some um, African nations, not just the Egyptians. I want to say people from Mozambique, I haven't really looked down the full list and played we not not please,
1: please don't spam email
0: Yeah, yeah, I do apologise um, that I'm getting these. But it is definitely loads of fun, and each each civilization is a full tech tree
1: as well. I I just, I've got the sudden edge to play as a Brittany game and shoot someone with a blunderbuss now.
0: Well, I mean, you can't get that far. You can get bronze, I'm, I'm, gold, bronze edge?
1: I'm, I'm getting, no, this, no, I'm getting a serious edge, edge to either...
0: Get three quarters of the way through Jade Empire
1: mm-hmm. and beat John Cleese's character mm-hmm. in a battle, and then take his blunderbuss Matilda or load up Fable Three and have a blunderbuss and just start shooting people in the face. <laughs> in between bouts of playing my loot, because why not? Yeah, I've 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 amassed quite a great fortune on Fable Three just playing the loot.
0: Yeah, yeah who yeah. who
1: knew the struggling citizens of Albion could chuck so much money at me for yeah, playing exactly, the loot? Right.
0: But yeah, other than that, I haven't been playing any game. I mean, I've occasionally Streets of Rage 2, a couple of levels, and then drop out. Exactly, right? A A,
1: drop-in, drop-out, good way to get rid of stress. Right, Just beat the living snot out of something.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? But one of the things I've been doing is I've been reading a lot about the history of video games and some background-y stuff. So one book that I can definitely recommend, right? We're not being paid by these folks, by the way. This is literally a recommendation from Goprogman about the history of video games, right? Because I am all about, in real life, I'm a software developer, and I am all about the history of how we got from algebra and calculus and Pythagoras and all that to this machine that is sat on my lap that's recording our audio, Mm. and that goes out to a, a web of other machines that are all interconnected, and then somehow you can listen to it on your phone through a pair of headphones that aren't connected. All of that is the history of computer science. Yeah. I am mad about that, but I'm also mad about the history of video games, like how we got from, quite literally, they were called the Penny Arcades yeah. to, you know, home consoles, because that's, that's the trajectory it took. This book that I've been reading, Atari Age, is all about, yeah, I read it a few months ago and I, I discussed it on Twitter, but I went back and reread it again because it's really good. Because I was expecting it to be a very a very personal journey when I first read it. Because the author starts out with, you know, when I was eight, we got our first Atari. And goes on from there and starts talking about Atari and how this person had gone into the arcades and started there. And, and I felt like it was going to be a very, and then we bought this, and then we bought that. And then I did this, and then I did that. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. But I was, I was walking into that book it to be about the history of how we got to that point. And it really is. It's absolutely fab it starts like that, but then it goes, but let's take a step back and go all the way back to the 1800s to the penny arcades mm. where you would go in and you would pay a penny and you could play a game and it would be yeah. like, an auto, like an automaton game, mm. you know, that kind of thing, like the Turk.
1: So, so and, and anything you'd find on, if everyone played Bioshock Infinite, At a certain point in that, you get to, like, a Penny Arcade and you can do bits and bobs, which is quite cool.
0: Yeah, essentially, if you've played Bioshock Infinite and you've gone into that Penny Arcade, those kinds of things, except the biggest sellers were the Rude Games. Of course they were. And by Rude Games, I'm I'm saying Rude, but they weren't really games. They were, like, the Kinetoscopes. So you put your Penny in, you crank the handle, and something would spin in front of you, and you'd see a lady getting undressed or something. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, you know, they were slightly more ruder ones lewd, than that lewd, yeah lewd. it's a very lewd and very very like x-rated is how i would put it but then you know that kind of went away and then we got pinball machines in the the 20s and 30s and they were linked to gambling at that point because people would come in and go i bet you 25 cents i could beat your score yeah. And then that became, I bet you a dollar, I'll bet you $10, I bet you $15, I bet, bet you my house, I'll bet you my wife. Exactly. You know. <laughs> right? And, and this was in the throes of the depression as well. I bet you someone problem. else's wife, you know. Think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll bet you my next door neighbor's wife's son's dog, but, you know what I mean? And, that I lost
1: three years ago in a gambling debt.
0: Exactly. Or oh, <laughs> I would bet you those things, but I don't have one. But theoretically, if I had them, I, I'd gamble them, you know. Yeah, exactly. And how they got sort of banned for a while, and then up to how when arcades first hit, they first hit in the moles in America, the big, because like when, when the superstars, the big moles came out, when the first ones, like the very first one, was used whilst it was being constructed for the setting of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It was George, that one of the first ones. It was Megabon. the first one.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: And it was because of those, like you see in the, in, in the movie, they play the games, right? You know? The driving game. And the, and the yeah, exactly, right? These arcade areas were actually seen as. Your kids are going to go there and they're going to get attacked or they're going to get assaulted. I'll say assaulted. Bunny quotes there. I don't mean physically attacked in this instance. Well, I suppose it is a physical attack, but you know what I mean. I'm trying to dance around it. I don't want to say the actual words. Or they might be dealing drugs. It was seen as a perfect cover for those kinds of activities.
1: Yeah. Just, I've got two random facts to give you right now. The yes, first yes. one is to do with Dawn of the Dead. If you watch any of the of the Dead movies that George Romero made, mm-hmm. and if you go into it thinking like a lot of the other ones, it's all about the zombies. How how they're going to kill the zombies? Are going to do it's going to do that. That's not the intention. No, it isn't. It never is. And anyone that goes into that thinking is that how it's going to work? It's not. It's basically in a zombie apocalypse. If anyone plans for a zombie apocalypse, first of all, chances are you're going to die anyway because yeah. it's the whole population against you. The whole movies are about how humans interact with each other. Yes. So it's all about the biggest dangers of the humans.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, called socio-political commentary. Yeah. So, so Night of the Living Dead. Is all about racism. Oh yeah, yeah. Dawn of the Dead is all about over commercialization.
1: And like the-, the
0: fears that yeah. people had of these massive malls. Because the malls were built outside of the city. It's so people in America. Not leave the city. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. leave the city and go to this place, spend all of their time there. Which in fact people did in the nineties. In the nineties in suburban America, the ideal hangout was the mall. Yeah. And then Day of the Dead was all about messing with science and whether we should. Land that was of one the, of the silo, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Land of the Dead was all about the, the upper class versus the lower class. Yeah. That class divide, the people with the money are at the top, people then, with the, without then, the money are in the slums. And, and that
1: was the one where they had the zombies started to learn, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah.
0: Big Daddy, was essentially the main character. That was the large African-American and, 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 and gentleman. you had the PC game Road
1: to Fiddler's Green, didn't you? Which is where you started off on a farm and you went all the way through. Yep. But, yeah, that was just a quick thing. Another thing to mention is I've got a quick little tidbit about arcades before you go back to it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but the creators of the first Mortal Kombat arcade machine, Mm -hmm. right? they were setting it up, and what they did was they put in finishing moves, Mm -hmm. but they told no
0: one. So
1: the very first Mortal Kombat game. So what happened was they were setting it up, and this this little kid went up, and he asked what it was, and I said, oh, it's a fighting game put your money in, choose character, you go for it. So he, I think it was Sonya Blade, I think he, he played us like the first Mortal Kombat one. And he was fighting, and through him repeating the play, because he played it and he thought, this is violent, this is awesome. He managed to get a finisher
0: going. Oh, right, just accidentally.
1: Yeah. He told one of the creators of the game, who pumped all the time to it, look what I've just done. He flat out refused to acknowledge that the kid did it, and he, and the kid went, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. And, and he spin. All day on that machine pumping oh. money into it because he refused to acknowledge it, at which point by the end of the day, because the kid was, st- he was still trying to figure it out, that guy turned to his parents and said, you know what, we're going to deny this, but this is going to be a massive money yeah, spinner." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he outright refused to accept the fact that this kid found out a finishing yeah, move. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, yeah. Because this was like the time before the internet stuff, so it was all word of mouth. Mm-hmm. and he-, he just abject refused to acknowledge that this kid found this finishing move. There's no finishing moves in that.
0: Mm. There is, I did
1: it. There, there isn't.
0: That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, so you've been reading about the history. Yeah, so
0: Atari Age, fantastic. Definitely go read that because, that, like mm. I say, it gets to the arcades and then how the arcades spawned the idea of needing uh, home consoles to compete with it, and they never did because the arcades are specialist pieces of hardware, mm. uh, and a home piece of kit was generic. Yeah. So the difference there is that the very specialist piece of hardware for the Arcade game, it would play one game, all arcade machines, all of them. It's up just until, like a specific Sega, yeah. One, up yeah. until like the one early one. 2000s, were very specific to that game. Mm. Sega changed that by creating the Naomi, they changed that with a bunch of stuff like the M2 oh, ones. Oh, not yeah, the, the M2 were, ones because that was like, was, um, it's essentially a Sega Saturn,
1: yeah. They had like that was the piece of kit where you could run like Sega Rally, House of the Dead, exactly. Virtual yeah. Cop. Yeah, yeah. You had you could interchange it, you could yeah, put yeah. one in into a specific cabinet and then just load the game onto it. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have to be a specific one, which took down production costs and all the rest of it. So exactly. They did one
0: of them. Exactly. Everywhere. And the yeah. Naomi was... Which, the- by the way, you can actually get an emulator
1: for PC for all them
0: games. Yeah, Maybe.
1: No, no. Oh, a specific the-
0: Sega one. Oh, that's cool.
1: Which, um, unfortunately, I really want to go on it and play House of the Dead and yeah. virtual cop, but I can't.
0: And, and the <laughs> Naomi boards were the boards that were the OG Dreamcast. Like before the Dreamcast came out. These, this is what the Dreamcast is going to be able to run. Mm. So until that time, each arcade cabinet was specifically tuned for that game. Yeah. So the Space Invaders cabinet was specifically tuned for Space Invaders. You could not play Centipede or any of the other games on it. Whereas a home PC at that time was the best you could do with commercial level hardware. Yeah. right? And that, just that story of how they sort of competed and then... You know how that came about is amazing. It is a fantastic mm. book. Definitely recommend that one. One I don't recommend, just because I couldn't get on with it, is the Commodore story. Now, apologies, Arlene, because you sent me this. It's a freely available PDF because it's used to advertise the film that they made.
1: Is it a bit thick? A bit too much it's, to kick? It's is not, it
0: not even that. It's disjointed interviews with people who worked at Commodore during the time that it was all sort of being built up, okay. and the, the time that the company started, all the way through to it being financially ruined. Problem is they're disjointed interviews.
1: Like, so there's no sense of flow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a flow from you know this is someone we interviewed from the beginning of Commodore, and they're telling us the story. Except we'll chop it up and insert other people's stories. Yeah. But it's not particularly. I didn't feel like it was particularly well done, mm. and the layout on the page was not very well done. Mm. And it's presented as an ebook, but absolutely no thought has gone into accessibility. Yeah. So there's like white text on a grey background. And blue text on a dark blue background. So, if, you know, it, so
1: it, it needs someone to come in and go. Right, I'll edit all this together for yeah, you. Yeah, so it, everything's there. It just
0: needs. Don't get, don't get me wrong. If I feel bad because I'm saying that maybe they should go back and do it again. Yes, they should, but it is only used to advertise that the film exists. Yeah, and the film is you know an hour and a half presentation of the story of Gomorrah. Mm. Whereas this is supposed to be a short version to get you to want you know go download. It was on Kickstarter, I think, or whatever. Go yeah. download the film. Mm. I didn't feel it was very well put together, Yeah, is what I'll say. Yeah. So I would avoid that one. Mm. Yeah, avoid that one. But yeah, so I've been reading. There's a couple of other books that are on the pile that I'm going to read, but definitely pick up at Atari Age because it mm. is fab. It's re- if you're into the history of video games, like how we got from where we were 120 years ago, 130 years ago, to now, mm. definitely, definitely. Don't expect it to be about brown-grey shooter on the PlayStation 4. Mm. because that's not what it's about it's about video games up to the 80s bleeding into the 90s so definitely go read that book it is yeah. amazing just just a,
1: a quick thing just some of me and ike were talking about the other day i'm gonna mention this as well
0: so if you go to the waffling Taylors website we have a fantasy star challenge page now ike squidgy and i are huge fans of fantasy star online
1: i've pumped over two thousand hours into that game
0: just for one character no, no, over three. Wow. Okay, so you just put, three. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> probably between the three of us, we've probably spent a whole person's lifetime playing that game because it is amazing. Yeah, pretty much. Right. If you head to the website, I'll put a link in the show notes direct list page because mm. it's kind of hidden away. There aren't any visible links to the page. Yeah. We have a challenge that we've set, which is well,
1: that that was one you set up earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, it's in fact.
1: We, you keep know, talking. It's um, it's it's one that Gopragman set up earlier. Now me and Ike. When it comes to PSO, um, when it comes to games in general, we like, um, we like PSO, we like uh, Dynasty Warriors, we like, we, we, we're definitely fans of Resident Evil, but we like uh, Pokemon as well. He's, he's a walking encyclopedia of Pokemon. It's literally Joy. like, yeah, he's a walking. You can ask him anything and he can tell you within like three levels. You know, if you ask him what level so and so evolves
0: at and what have you. And.
1: We like a challenge that's called a Nuzlocke Challenge.
0: Before you go into the Nuzlocke, we already have a challenge on the site that we've done before, and it was quite difficult. But we'll go into the other challenge in a minute. So essentially, there'll be a link in the show notes, but essentially the rules for the OG Challenge are you start a brand-new character, you unequip your mag, you cannot purchase any weapons or equipables, and you can't use anything you unlock by playing the game. Whenever an enemy drops an equipable, you have to switch to it unless your character can't equip it. If you open a box and it has an equipable that you can use, you switch straight to it weapon, armor, mag, that kind of thing, and you can only change things when you pick them up. You can't change it back, even if that means you have a level 12 weapon and you switch it out for a level one. You can't drop equipables unless you run multiplayer, and you must sell everything you haven't got equipped when you've filled up your inventory. You can only use support techniques, so techniques are basically the magic things. You can only use the support ones, but not the ones that boost your stats or reduce enemy stats. So you can use healing, removal of poisons, and setting up a telepipe to take you back to Pioneer 2. And you cannot use grinders. That's the simple one. And we also have one called Fry Cook's Revenge. We designated this one as easy. Essentially, you unlock a Kiko's frying pan, you equip a Kiko's frying pan, and you start a forest one on whichever difficulty you're on, or the highest difficulty you have, and play through the game until you beat the boss at the end. You I never I change weapons. That my... Yeah, yeah. yeah you never change it. weapons, and you are permitted to save it and come back to it later. Yeah. We've got one called Oh Natural, which is easy to medium. Uh, you start a brand new character, unequip everything, and you play through the game without having any weapons or mag or shields or anything equipped. You can only use, again, the support techniques, so the support magic healing, anti-poison, and the tower pipes. Okay. You can't use materials or anything that raises your character stats. So I'll leave it at this one. Go have a look at the other challenges we've got on the page. But is about to introduce you to a new challenge. This this
1: with. is a very um, Nuzlocke-inspired one. A bit of a change to the rules. now. So what's a, Nuzlocke? A, a Nuzlocke is a Pokemon game where when you start the game, you pick your starter obviously and when you get access to pokeballs whenever you go onto a new route the first thing you see you capture okay and that's it if you don't capture it you don't have a second pokemon simple as right okay okay if you're playing with your pokemon Mm -hmm. and it faints in battle yes you've got to transfer it into a box in the pc and name that box graveyard and you just leave them there Right, gone. okay. So, so it's essentially like a, it's gone. It's instead. like a one-shot Charlie. It's like a survival mode. Yeah. right. And you can make it harder by saying it's like one every rule, you lose them. There's, the, there's certain there's ways to make lots it. Lots of different... Mix, if, of,
0: mix it up, mix if, it up. If, you, if you search
1: Pokemon Nuzlocke for whichever game, you'll find it. I'll put a so, link
0: in the show notes yeah. to the Bulgapedia so entry for it.
1: Me and Ike, we've been working on a way to bring that into PSO. Yes. We've evolved it around the GameCube version because it's more accessible. Yep. And I've got a list of rules. Okay. So this is, this is PSO, Fantasy Star Online, Nuzlocke version 1. We've figured out a few ways to make it a bit yeah. easier slash harder. Okay. So you create a fresh character, yep. no shops, no grinders, no quests can be taken. If a player dies, the equipped weapon and armour must be discarded unless revived by a doll. If a player has no equipable items left in the inventory or the bank, Nuzlocke's over. Only pick up the first weapon per floor only pick up the first armour pair floor, and only pick up the first tech pair
0: floor. Even if I can't equip it?
1: Yes. Okay. Items the player cannot use because of being under-leveled or the wrong class still count as a pickup. Right. And it's got to be the first one you see. Mm -hmm. That's it. All healing items can be picked up. Floors can be replayed for XP and missable items, i.e. techs that didn't drop, and healing items only. Mm -hmm. Red drops, so photon drops, can be discarded as a token, to get a new weapon, armor, or tech drop, you must call which drop you want before entering the floor. You can drop a photon drop, mm-hmm. but when you drop it, you've got to say, "I want a new weapon," and then right. you pick up the first one you do.
0: So you Mag- don't have to be specific, like the the level starts, and you go, "Right, I am planning to drop this photon drop for a double saber." You can't right. say double saber. Oh, just right, a so weapon, it has to right. be a type. Max
1: can right. be fed. Yes, but it's at your own discretion. Yep. And we've we've come up with the ruling that the only way you can change your weapon. Is a photon drop, or you play through Forest 1 on hard. Okay. So the first weapon that you pick up on a new floor, you can change it. So Forest 1, you might pick up a weapon, and then Forest 2, you might pick up a weapon. Yes. You can change it once, which it's the first one you see. Really? So, if you, so if you're a hunter and you pick up a sword or a saber, and then on Forest 2, you pick up a cane, which is a tech right. user's weapon, yep. you're stuck with the sword. You can't change it unless you've got a rare drop. Right, then you Then if you want to change your weapon, you say, right, rare drop. Like, if you get to Caves after that, first weapon you see you can pick up. So it's basically, it forces you to rely more on skill. Okay. But that's sort of like our version of Nuzlocke. But okay. if it gets to a point where you have no equipable weapons or armour, and you've got none in the bank, by the time you go to the, like, Forest 2, then that's classed as you've got no weapons or armour, so it's over. If you get a weapon... At least a weapon on Forest 1 that you can use, you can continue going. If by the time you get to Forest 2, you've picked up nothing that you can use, you've got to
0: start again. Okay. I'll probably put a separate page up for Fantasy Star Nuzlocke Challenge or something. Mm. Uh, on the back, there it's essentially a table showing down the... Uh, check the show notes for details. I'm going to try and explain the table, the audio version. Down the left-hand side of the table, there are the different areas in the, in the game. You've referred to them as floors so forest one forest two caves one two three that kind of thing down the left and then there's three columns weapons armor tech so essentially these are the things you you have going in
1: no it's it's the first pickup you get you can write so so you can
0: write it so it's like a checklist i got into forest one and the first thing i picked up was a saber so then you can keep tabs of what you've what you've Mm. done okay this is cool i feel like we should maybe do a stream of this possibly yeah so i'll tell you what it's it's an idea for the future what about First, proper waffling tailor stream that we do, right? I'll play it and you can explain the rules to me whilst I'm playing it, yeah? Yeah. Right, so I'll be playing the game and then you can explain. No, you can't do that, yes, you can do that. I go into the next floor, right? Can I do this? Can I do that? And you can explain the rules as we go along, yeah? Because that feels like it would be easy as as I
1: say. The the rules are a work in progress, we're working on a few of the bits and bobs, Mm -hmm. yeah? It's it's something me and Ike have been discussing for a while, yeah, just to have. More of a challenge and a bit of fun
0: on PC. Cool, so. yeah. That, I think, would lead us on to possible other episode. So, essentially, this may be the only part of the episode for this month, simply because we had that catastrophic failure and we lost the Shenmue shimmy. Yeah. We're essentially recording this two or three days before it's meant to go out, essentially, so I've got to put my uh, my editing hat on and get it edited as, mm. quickly, as quickly as possible so I could throw it out to, for everyone to listen to. That's not a problem. I literally, I said this. In fact, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I was actually interviewed for Podchaser, which was essentially IMDB for podcasts. Yeah. I was interviewed by them about this show and about Devotaku and about the other show that I do. And I'd said on there that I actually really legitimately enjoy editing the audio together. I don't like it when the software fails. <laughs> and it essentially wipes my computer, yeah. that's a bit annoying, a little bit, you know? Um, but <laughs> it's a lot more than a little bit annoying. I had to use a whole bunch of data recovery tools, is how I'll put it, because mm. uh, I was a bit silly and didn't back everything up. But then, how are you to know that going to wipe your machine? Anyway, okay. right, um, yes, so because that happened, but but I legitimately enjoy editing audio together, and it usually takes me, like, Two or three times the length of the episode to get through it all. If that makes sense, so it doesn't so take a
1: week. You could bang it yeah, out in on one day.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So if it's a one-hour episode, it'll usually take me two to three hours to edit all together, mm. and then it's uploaded and it's sorted. Right. Yeah. I legitimately love doing that, and what I really like to do for this show and the other two shows I do is edit them together and get them out, so I can get this out within the week. So yeah. essentially, this is the freshest episode. We have done so far. Yeah. This is we, like...
1: We, we record them in advance, don't we?
0: Yeah, so. yeah we usually, we, we're usually recording a week, two weeks, three weeks in advance. This is like two or three days. So mm-hmm. when you're hearing this, you are two or three days this, in this, the past, th- This is, in the future. This is more of...
1: We've we usually got a rough idea of what we're doing. This is yes. pretty much unscripted.
0: This is um, experimental jazz.
1: Yeah, of podcasts. Yes, so it's getting towards the end of the podcast now, and what I thought I might do is because we're, we're going to go through the usual spill at the end, or at least uh, my 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 broadcast partner here will.
0: Yes,
1: we're calling you that. But I thought I might leave with a question that we could ask people listening, maybe they can get in touch with us on.
0: Okay, whatever. so before you leave the question, because I want to have listeners listen all the way to the end and get excited about. They are asking, so we're getting them to. No, 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 no. I'm going to ask you it first. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. but I just want to say that before the end of the year here are my goals for the podcast i goals. want to have this an- one this show i want to have another episode where we talk to to b maybe the another christmas one i also want to have chief on as well maybe together but my biggest goal for before the end of this year before the end of 2018 we are in october now so there are essentially two episodes left to get this
1: there's, done. There's there's one there's one I want to actually do, but I don't know if it's possible.
0: Unaffiliated Jay Z is going to be on the show, right? Jay Z, yeah. I'm sorry, I've just called it. You are going to be on the show, so we'll there's, have to figure that out.
1: There's there's a there's a combination that I think might work, and okay. I, I really want to try and get this done before the end of the year. Okay, yeah. yeah. I would actually like it if there be me, you, Lulu, and G. I think that'd be one hell of a combination,
0: right? Yeah, but I, I know that unaffiliated Jay Z listens to the show. I know that Lulu listens to the show. We've essentially just said to them, "You are on the show before the end of 2018." So we're going to get Lulu on in an episode with G. We will be here in the Waffling Taylor Studio, and we will talk. Technodrome. That's it. In the Technodrome, we will talk to all four of them. We are also going to have unaffiliated Jay Z on an episode before the end of 2018 mm. i've just called it I, you've just called it mm. and i don't know what kind of position that puts an unaffiliated jay-z in but we'll make it happen even if even if we have to do some kind of jury rigging system and i don't know we'll make it happen mm. but what i also would like to have is an episode with both b and chief problem in the episode that i think would be for all four of us. yeah all four of us even if we can't get that going We'll get another mic, get you three in this room, me in my recording studio, and we'll do it over the internet. Yeah. You know, it's not that's difficult. Terrible. We will do that, right? And we've got your goal of getting G and Lulu in the same episode. So you that's guys have been a, called just that. One
1: goal, but it's, it's sort of trying is to get...
0: That, so is yeah. that a goal for the end of the year is my question. Yes,
1: I'm going to try. Okay, it's, no, it's, it's, not one, it's not one like you say, we're definitely going to do it, but yeah. I think it'll work well with M2 on a podcast. If
0: we don't get it to be the end of the year, it can be the 2019 opener. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. okay cool so what was the question you were going to ask my, me My question that we are then i'm going to answer and then turn around to the community and get them to answer because well.
1: again me and mike talk about this and we're all about retro and stuff it's basically can you define retro a retro generation for you because it's different for every person what me and ike sort of says a retro console is from sort of like the first console you played backwards and he, he said it for, like, the first console he played for his age. Now, we started on the NES, didn't we?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then we had one's further back with a, with a tape, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we had, like, the one with the floppy disk. I can't remember. Yeah, the Mega. Yeah, then we had, like, the mass system, the Mega Drive, and the whatever. But for you, is retro from, like, the first console you played backwards, or is it a specific generation backwards? Because the, the reason why is because Ike was talking to someone and this, someone said, oh, a retro console, and they're referring to a PS2, and I instantly said, no, PS2
0: isn't retro. Whereas for me, I think it would be. My rule of thumb, now, this doesn't go into emulation, doesn't go into ROMs or any of the legal grey area of piracy or anything like that. My definition of a retro video game console is different for everyone, but it's you take the current generation, Subtract two generations, mm. and it's that generation. So we're talking PS4 is not retro, PS3 is not retro, but because you've gone back to to PS2, everything from the PS2 backwards is is retro. For me, yeah. For me, I mean that
1: was the way I put it. For me, retro is anything cartridge based backwards. So Mega Drive, SNES backwards. That to me, that class as retro. It's just because it for me it's discs. Mm-hmm. Aren't really retro because they're like compact discs, they can store a hell of a lot more than a, a cartridge. And it's sort of like to me, retro means the pads are more simplistic. Okay, so, so three, four buttons, maybe one set of shoulder buttons, that's it.
0: So, my only argument against that cartridges thing mm. uh, the Philips CDI 1992 mm. was a CD, mm. and the Nintendo Switch is essentially a cartridges.
1: But we're talking, like, original characters. No, of systems. course, yeah, yeah the big bulky... You yeah, know. That's ones, ones that could store barely a meg. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah.
0: So, for people who want to know the actual details, I'm talking, from my point of view, the sixth video game generation, 1998 to 2013, as defined on Wikipedia, mm. which includes Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox. That is the cut-off point coming forward. So anything... Anything in the history of video games, up to and including the sixth generation, at the time of recording, is how I describe retro video games. But everybody's is different. That's what I would explain as being a retro video game. Mm. So, for people who are listening...
1: For for the three people I know that listen.
0: (laughs) But yeah, for the people who are listening, definitely, please do get it, because we want to know what our audience is, right? This is essentially, I listen to a lot of podcasts, right? 1.2 speed. One point, yeah, 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 1.5 <laughs> speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not as I'm, I'm not as good as my friend James who creates the cynical developer podcast. He listens to podcasts at 3 times speed and still understands it all. Oh, but God, be, no. but because he's trained himself up to that. But to put it into some kind of context, I subscribe to 77 podcasts and most of those release new episodes every week. So it's around this time of year that you start getting little ads at the beginning of the episodes where they say Hey, it's that time of year again. We want to know all about our listenership. So head over to this survey and fill this survey in. We're not going to do that. All we want to know is where you think we might. You know what? I think we should make this a common thing. Questions for the community. Questions for the video gaming community, right? Where is your cutoff point for where retro games stop being retro games and become current, modern, Contemporary, more, what, more
1: modern, let's call it modern.
0: And tell us the word that you use to describe non-retro video games, mm. right? What generation, give us an example of the last retro video game for you. So like Final Fantasy Ten Two might be so, the last retro video game so for me. So for
1: example, for me, it's sort of like the cut-off point for retro. The absolute cut-off point would yeah. be, because it's quite late in the development of the actual lifespan of the console, it'd be the Mega Drive, Fantasy Star 4 Okay, yep sort of like the Mega Drive and the SNES is there as well. Okay. But it built sort of like there backwards. Sure, sure. So we're talking like, I want to say 93? Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I can't remember the actual release date of it, but it was like early 90s.
0: What's really weird about that then is my definition of retro video games starts five to ten years after yours, which is cool. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Everybody's definition is different. I don't think there is a proper definition, although there is retro video games, the movie coming out soon, which is currently a Kickstarter thing. As the community, we would love to know what you all think as retro video games. All three
1: of you. Bring it up.
0: I know that we have a broad range of listeners of different ages, not just from our age, Like, because I know some people who listen to the show. You know some people who listen to the show. Some of the people in those groups are different ages, so I'm expecting the, the values to be completely off. Mm. There's not going to be a single, like, we are not going to solve this. What is retro video games? Everyone's it's different. just a fun question. Isn't yeah, 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 yeah. But what I want to know is our listeners, for them, what where does retro games end and where does contemporary, modern, non-retro, whatever begin? Mm. That's where I would like to know. And does that include PC, which is never green format, or does it not? Mm. So for you, Squidge, retro gaming does it include PC? And if it does, does it require a specific version of the operating uh, system?
1: I'd say if you want a retro game on PC, I'd say like '95.
0: Because okay. that's when you started
1: to get the really weird CD games that took up like half your hard drive. So it had a really old colour scheme and you never knew what you were doing.
0: So you're not counting Discworld or Discworld 2 in that?
1: No, I'm sort of talking um, shareware version of Doom.
0: No, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. you know, because there was more versions of that on Windows at one point. They
0: were, yeah. But there I, were, I, so, there, sorry, there were more floppy disks in, with that out on it mm. that people were sharing around than there were installs of Windows 95. Yep. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah.
1: But well, it, it's hard for me to say for PC sort of thing because I never actually, um, I didn't know we didn't know PC so really late on.
0: No, so. that's fine, yeah, yeah,
1: so yeah, okay, that's but fine. It's just, just, yeah. you know, just a question.
0: So that is a quick call out to the community tell us what you think, where you think Retro starts, modern gaming ends. If you can do it in a year, that's fine. If you can do it as a video game console generation, that's fine. If you can do it as a specific game, that is also fine. As we have just literally done. So we are going to leave it there, I think. The one thing I want to promise for the for an episode, maybe for the end of year episode, which is only two episodes away really, is I want to have a look through because we teased it last time. The time before last, actually, the cupboard of shame. <laughs> Open up Squidgy's cupboard of Shame if he's if he's willing to even if it's just have two or three choice examples of games that are in the cupboard of shame and why you put them there. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. So that's something I want to tease for before the end of the year. Squidgy, have you any things you want to tease for the end of the year or things that uh, you want to say? What are your final remarks?
1: I have something I want to tease and I've teased this before and I'll just add to it. Is Um, this the
0: tease that you dropped in the episode that is now lost? Yes. Okay.
1: I have something coming my way in the next couple of months. Now, people who, who have already got this come in the next few months will know precisely. They'll know what I'm on about. If you thought a particular game that's coming out at the end of January had hype, this, this has got more hype and it had a lot more excitement and it essentially got started within an hour that's so all I'm going to say that's more of a tease and Dylan of Arcade Attack you know precisely because I told you
0: but, but no one else of Arcade Attack but no
1: one else of Arcade as Attack as long as he, he hasn't said it as long as he hasn't said it and I, I just hope that when he tries to tell them they don't believe him mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we have to end it there okay
0: so yeah. I don't I lo- what am I ending uh, my final thoughts for this month I wish it could be longer I wish we could have released the Shenmue Shimi because it was loads of fun to record um, I do remember long parts of it like the, the Sock of Time, the Surprise Waluigi, the <laughs> all those kinds of things, the games that Dylan and Adrian have been C- playing. ruined
1: Resident Evil Gaiden for him.
0: Exactly, yeah, right?
1: I completely all of that those game
0: things. And I really, really wish we could have we could have talked about that and had that released. But alas, it is not meant to be. However, I have been told by Dylan that we he's gonna try and arrange for us to be on their show, so we'll at least have something
1: oh, that is that's that's not fair though because i'll have to behave
0: when do you behave
1: no i'll have to behave because it's their podcast well, I, didn't be, yeah, I did behave sure. when it was ours oh yes of course, but so. i'll have to behave i don't i'm gonna, I'm anyway.
0: gonna say that. so yes like i said at the beginning of the episode stick around after the outro music and the little creditsy bit that i always throw at the end with the show notes and where the music came from for a stinger of the only surviving rendered clip of that episode Okay. Squidgy. any final thoughts? Nope. Kaprogman, any final thoughts? Habidly, bidly, bodly, doodly. Weedly, waddly, bedly, doodly.
1: Rubber baby boogie bumpers.
0: That's what I meant to say. Yes. Okay, cool. So, yes. Check the show notes for all of the details of stuff. Tune in next month for more. We're going to be longer than this next time, we promise. And we, like I say, we were going to do a spooktober, but we got kind of... Sidetracked a little by hardware failures. So we will be back next month. Check us out. See you later, folks. See you later, Squidgy. See you later, Squidgy. Hello,
1: Squidgy.
0: Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by G H. See the show notes for more details. So I I edit oh, yeah. in chipmunk mode. Oh yeah, chipmunk mode. So yeah. one and a half Chip speeds. Chipmunk homo- mode. Oh yes. <laughs> 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 Insert it into this bit here. So I I edit in chipmunk mode. Oh yeah, chipmunk mode. So one and a half speed Chipmunk mode. Oh yes. <laughs> Just so everyone can hear me say chipmunk speed at chipmunk speed. I don't know why I
1: had the ducktails <laughs> tune in my head while it was being played. It was just duck-tails. so
0: surreal. It was, woo! yeah, exactly. The woo cast. There we go. <laughs> the woo cast. <laughs> We've
1: had chipmunks and ducktails. and that's quite a blast in the past already, isn't it?